Just chilling, Ben. Mm, what do you do? Have you ever got to let them out and let them ride them around? Walk them? Come on. So you just like put a little rope on them and like walk around the yard with them or what? How do you walk a snake? They naturally, the contour of their body, they're kind of fat and then it gets down their neck, gets skinny and then their head's big. So you just kind of tie a little rope around this little string around. Just you fucking with me? No. no. <laughs> they got to have exercise, man. They don't have any room to crawl around in there. All right. We're rolling, right? Rock and roll. Yeah. We've been shooting the shit here. All right, to my right, as usual, Bobby Keith Kilgore. You doing all right, sir. How you doing, buddy? Good, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. To my left, Josh Thompson. Always to my left. Always. Always to my left. Always. On stage. And good. How are you, buddy? Doing well. And um, right in front of me, sitting next to all of my snakes, because we are on location at my house, our uh, our good friend, Andrew Kashner. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. A little freaked out by the snakes, but I think, uh, I think I'll come down, calm down a little bit. I got your back, though. I can see if any... But I'm not worried about any of the ones behind you getting out. I'm more worried about worried this about the one, one behind you? The one behind me. What's the, what's that name? His name is Jet. <laughs> Jet. This is... He's a he's a jungle carpet python. He's, uh, he's very, very quick. Is that his head coming out right there? Coming yeah. out? That little deal. Oh yeah, that's his head. If he sees yeah. movement, he'll he'll look. Yeah, he's very curious. He, he's mean. I'm still waiting for something to pop out somewhere in here. No, everything <laughs> everything's uh, enclosed. We practice safety around here. Nothing's venomous in here. Kind of. Except the scorpion. Kind of. The scorpion. Well, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, you, you don't know where that one's left, at. Do you? Left that part out. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the uh, one of the tarantulas is fairly venomous, but. I don't mind spiders. Spiders don't bother me. Cool. Got that out of the way. Yeah, appreciate my, you guys having me of, out. of creepy crawlies. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. You forgot you forgot the name of the show. Oh shit! I always do that, don't I? Because <laughs> we're always usually a couple in. This is a couple in with Cody Jinks. Yeah, very formal. How you like your Michelob uh, Golden, Golden Light? Golden. I actually I've never had this. They only sell it like five states. Mm-hmm. Five states. Five states, and we get it in Minnesota. We just did a run up there. And we have some friends up there, and they get us a couple cases. That's pretty good. Every time we're, I got yeah, a whole every cool, time. Every time we're up there, I actually like the normal size can. You know, is that, it's the, normal. To, normal right, for the, your hand. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of let's talk some baseball. Let's talk hunting. Yeah. Let's talk about your foundation. Yeah. Let's. I have a you got whole, a few things going right now. You have a lot of things going on right now. It's off season, but let's uh, start from the beginning, man. Conroe, Texas. Yeah, born and raised. Kind of started up, uh, you know, east of town. Grew up over by Washington Waterwell, and then uh, moved out to Montgomery. Just kind of wasn't very good at baseball, showed animals, kind of got better as I went along, but I played varsity my first time for my senior year and uh, just kind of kept with it and uh, went to Angelina Junior College. Went out that way for a few years in Lufkin, Texas. Played for the great Jeff Levin. And then I went to TCU, and uh, kind of the rest has been uh, history. But uh, I think it got a lot better when I went to TCU. I just kind of a late bloomer as far as baseball went. Well, weren't you drafted by the Braves before you even went to college? I was drafted four times. So out well, of high one school. One of the only players that to be able to do that, right? Yeah, because they, they quit the draft and follow, I think, in 2007. They could basically hold your rights for a whole year. You couldn't talk to any other clubs. For the player, it wasn't that great, but for the club, it was a great deal. I was drafted in 05 by the Braves, 06 by the Rockies, 07 by the Cubs, and then 08 by the Cubs. First round. In 2008, yeah, the yeah. first round, 19th overall. That was a, a pretty cool ride going up to Wrigley. The whole family went up there, they signed, and it was pretty neat. And you did three years in the minors? No, I got lucky. So I signed in summer of 2008, so I went and played those two months. 2009, I spent the whole year in the minor leagues. And then 2010, I spent a month in the minors and then got called up. So it was about a year. You could call it parts of three seasons, but it's really like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah, because you got called up in May of 2010. May 31st. Yeah, it was uh, Memorial Day, I believe. Yeah. And then by 11, you were starting. 11, I got hurt. So okay. I, I made the opening day roster in 2011 and uh, made my first start against the Diamondbacks, and I tore my rotator cuff. So I missed I, mean, I missed that whole season. I came back in September and then pitched, and then I went that fall and played winter ball, finished winter ball, and then got home. And I think that January I got traded to San Diego. Now, your trade to San Diego, it was three guys. I couldn't. It was just, I think it was Young Kim Na, me, and then Rizzo. Rizzo. And was one other guy. Zach Cates. Yeah. I have a baseball bat signed by Rizzo over there. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's so pretty I, cool. I read that. I was like, oh, that's cool. All right, right on. Yeah, Happy he's a good Rizzo. dude. That's awesome. You hit a home run? Yep. Yeah, I got one. You should go. It's actually a pretty cool story. I'd love it. 
So me and Chase Headley, he was playing third base for us at the time. And, uh, you know, he was complaining about ballparks and home runs and pitchers and whatnot. And so I was like, man, dude, hitting a home run is pretty easy. <laughs> I was like, dude, you just, you just hit the ball. You just swing as hard as you can and you hit a home run. He's like, well, why haven't you hit a home run? I was like, well, duh, I haven't swung hard. And I was like, dude, my next start, I said, I'll hit a home run for you. Sure enough, man. I think it was my second or third at bat of that game. It was like in the sixth inning, I hit a home run. I was rounding the bases and it was like too good to be true. I always thought, you know, when I hit a home run, I'd like jog, you know, take my slow time. But I got halfway around first and it went out and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So I just kept running. You know, I didn't run like super fast, but I kept running and I came back in and nobody high fived me, you know, for a minute. Oh, I came you got in. The, yeah. the cold shoulder treatment. Yeah. So I think that's one of the greatest bits ever. It yeah. was, uh, it was pretty funny. You know, it's on YouTube, but, uh, that's what I was going to say. If you're out there, go, go watch this. Clip. Yeah. So I told, uh, I told Chase right after that, I said, see, man, it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't hit one since, so <laughs> definitely a lot harder, but it, it was kind of funny how it all happened. Oh, man. All right, we met the first time when you were playing with the Rangers. Yeah. So that would have been, what was it? 17. 16? 17. 17 season? Yeah, 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 17. We met the first time there. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good time. Because, yeah, you had like a nice little gift bag and yeah. you had all kinds of cool stuff in there. Put us in some great seats, man, but it's hard to believe, man. It's been three years. I know, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's actually been pretty nice, you know, having a little downtime now, not playing, and definitely a slower pace for sure. Yeah. Well, and you just recently had a child. Yeah, we had a baby boy, Kodak James Kashner, on December 4th, so it's it's been cool, man. We all have children, so what's the <laughs> biggest change for you, minus lack of sleep? Just selflessness. Yes. You know, a lot of it. Yeah. Man, from making plans to canceling plans, I've never been one to cancel much, and I've canceled quite a bit recently. Uh, not a lot of sleep, just a lot more family encounters. If you ever need sleep, just come on the road. <laughs> we got it's, a bunk uh, for you. That's how I usually try to go hunting, you know, make up on the sleep. But, uh, no, it's been cool. It's, uh, you know, catching a lot of his first being home, and, you know, he's been pretty good the last three weeks. It's been a lot better. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It goes by, and people tell you this your whole life, and you'll be telling people this too. It goes by so quick. It does. It's just the, since he's been born, I mean, it's flown by. Yeah. Well, and the age that he's at right now, so much changes. And I know that, you know, we were on the road a lot whenever our kids were that age. Right. And three weeks to somebody who's only three or four months old is a long time. And right. so much shit changes. And, you know, then you come home and they're talking and then you come home and they're using bigger words than you use. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy, man. But anyway, so congratulations to you. Yeah, and no, I appreciate your, it. We've been wife. blessed for sure. Oh, that is awesome, man. It's the best having the kiddo. Did you kind of intentionally wait this long? To Was that kind of a plan, or is this just how things happen? I started dating Jamie in 2016. You know, we didn't really have, once we got married, we didn't really have a plan as far as kids. It just kind of, you know, every, all my buddies gave me shit for having a baby during duck season, which I do regret. <laughs> we were but there. You're we, not thinking about that at that time, but no, I promise. Another- I promise this next one will be planned outside of duck season. <laughs> yeah, because we went up. And we'll talk about that hunt, man. You got a place, uh, you and a partner of yours, uh, out in, uh, it's in Southeast Missouri. And we were on the road. Which by the way, I'm, excuse, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm thinking about it because I remember. Did you ever get the Zamboni stickers? I did. Yes. Okay, cool. I, I haven't was, put them on yet. I think I got to sand that plastic down and get them okay, on. Long, I was just worried, man. Like, I'm sorry to No, for his, but, the cleaning Zamboni that we saw whenever it, it came in while, whenever, we while we were there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we go to Southeast Missouri. We're on the road, and uh, we had Bobby Robinson in yeah. the other day from Stacking Bills. Fixing two Bobby. Fixing two. <laughs> fixing two Bobby. Can't he call him Bobby. It's fixing two Bobby. No, he was fixing to fix the world. He was great, man. We had we had a good time when he was here. But we were talking about your place there in Missouri. We were on the road, and most of the guys went back to Nashville for a few days off. We took the bus and just parked the bus. Me, our driver Nino, and Bobby Keith, and uh, and went hunting. And I'd never gone duck hunting before. And I was I'd been years and years since I'd even dove or deer hunted, you know. But uh, I loved that duck hunting. What you guys have out there is um we didn't even know what to call it the other I don't day. it's not even a man cave it's it's like a man man mansion it's there like a man, man mansion, mansion. <laughs> yeah it's it's the most unbelievable thing y'all put a lot of work into it I think we're going on two and a half years this April which I'm ready to get it done but um it's been an experience you know just building in a swamp you know it's pretty crazy you know we had to dig 12 feet deep the whole slab and we filled it with rock all the way up to the top 
Yeah. I mean, just our rock bell alone is pretty outrageous. Holy but, cow. Uh, yeah, we started with 12-inch rock and then 10-inch rock, 8-inch rock, 6-inch rock, all the way to the top. You know, it's something I've always wanted. I, you know, I'm a diehard duck hunter. Just when you get them right, man, and you do it, I mean, you saw it that one day. I mean, it, it's special, and it's like you, you search the rest of your life for those kind of hunts. Yeah. It's pretty funny, you know, on the way before we got there, Bobby Keith told me that you – he asked me, he goes, do you have any afternoon duck hunting? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure we can get something lined up. He goes, well, I just, you know, Cody's not going to get up in the morning. I said, well, I said, usually the mornings are the best hunts, but, you know, you just never know. Because that, that one evening that we went it out. It was the best. They said that was like a hunt of a lifetime. Yeah, it was. We probably saw, I would say, we probably saw eight to 10,000 birds that evening. It was unbelievable. Are and, you kidding? And so that's what I was telling Bobby the other, the other day when he was here. You guys know that I, I had decoys and shit waiting on me whenever I got, <laughs> got home, home, you know. Yeah. So I fell into it, and I got him into it as well. I got him going this year. Yeah, I saw the pick. He did. As well, and he shot some birds, and he took them home, made chicken fried duck, and it's uh, passing it on down. It's it's really it's the most fun you can have hunting because you don't have to be quiet. But that and you're with a, all the guys you want to be with. Yeah, you're just sitting out there, and you can goof off, and then you know, somebody will call the birds in. Now, when we were out that evening, uh, when that when the weather was so so bad, but I was warm because I had my banded uh, yeah. gear on. It was the warmest shit I've ever had in my life. I had a t-shirt and shorts on. It's sleeting and snowing. Your buddy that was calling him that day, Eric. Ryan, Eric yeah, what? he's a hoot, man. He's, that's one of the most. That's one of the Full most throttle. <laughs> like it's it's wide open, and I love the guy's enthusiasm. He's one of those guys that you're just like. I want to hang out with that guy. Yeah, I'll never forget you said that's the guy that shows up to hell carrying a bucket of water. That's it. <laughs> you want that and guy on your team. He's, uh, man, he's a hoot. He is, uh, I would say for 365 days a year, he thinks about killing ducks and kills them. Yeah. He's, he's a hard hunter and he's just, it's whether you can handle all 365 days with him because it's, a lot of ideas, it's a lot of talking and it's, you know, he's like half deaf, so he talks really loud, you know, I mean, you heard him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, those ship containers make it nice too, cause you got a lot of room in there. Yeah. The echo's not too bad. It's not, it's not bad at all. But that guy was so, he was so funny. It's such a nice guy. And I've learned about the sport more so, you know, since I went, I really literally knew nothing about it until I went with you guys. He has a whole bunch of bands on his call lanyard. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I've got four. You've got four bands. That's it. Wow. And I would say, cause people hunt their whole lives and don't get a band. Right. Up there, you know, in Texas, we're kind of, you know, we're at a disadvantage as far as getting bands because, I mean, you think about it, they come all the way down from Canada all the way down and for everybody to miss those birds with a band to get here in Texas, I think killing one in Texas with a band, it's like killing a 200 inch buck. Okay. So for, for someone that's dumb, like, what are we talking about? What is a band? So uh, they just do like I these no counts idea. tracking, um, you know, the migration of birds. Okay. So they'll go in like different areas of the world, you know, whether it's Arkansas, whether it's Canada, they'll go in and they'll net these birds and they'll band them and there'll be a call number on there. And so you call the number or you go on the website and it'll tell you where the bird was banded, how old it is, kind of okay. all that stuff. And then you get like a little green, uh, green piece of paper that's, you know, has all the info on it. We actually shot one. Uh, I shot a band right behind the lodge this year, literally walked through the woods to the levee and hunted and we shot we hunted probably about two hours shot one bird and it happened to be banded no kidding yeah it's banded right there in arkansas there's some pretty cool ones like i would say probably the the hardest band to find is like the jack minor bands um they got like a little bible verse on them pretty cool interesting but i would say most of his bands come from uh canada geese which those typically have a lot more bands they band more of them than they yeah. do the ducks i don't know if bobby told you bobby fixing to bobby sorry I don't know if he told you, he's always wanted to kill a goose, and I took him on a goose hunt, and the first goose he ever killed, he shot, it was double-banded, and I believe it had a $150 reward band on it, but that was down in Anahuac. But yeah, that was Bobby, fixing to Bobby's first hunt on geese. <laughs> I hear that's a good, that's pretty good hunting down there in Anahuac. Yeah, it's really good down there, it's just whether you want to deal with the alligators in the salt water. Stay up here. I mean, it's kind of like dealing with all the snakes in here, you know. It's yeah. kind of like a little <laughs> yeah. eerie. Yeah, but but there's those things aren't in cages. These are all caged up. That's true. While we're while we're talking about the levee, you remember when you took us riding around and show us everything? The first yeah, day? man, it's not one of my brighter <laughs> moments. Hey, man, it I thought we were gonna roll because I did because we were out we were out in in this Ford excursion, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, an excursion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the excursion, and we were riding around uh, in between the rice fields. He was kind of giving us the uh, the lay of the land 
of, of where they hunt. You know, this was before we went hunting. We had just got in and we were just drinking beer and tooling around. Drinking and riding, not drinking and driving. We were riding. Yeah, yeah. we weren't driving anywhere. We weren't drinking and driving. It's no. Those levees are so soft, though. They man. are. They're oh, soft. Man, and you and you like absolutely that. buried. I caught it, though. And then I didn't catch it. We just slid right off. And we was- did. And I thought, <laughs> see, because we slid down on like my angle. And this is this is what was going through my head. We're going to slide off far enough to where we're actually going to roll. And your big ass <laughs> is going to come down and squish me. And I'm not going to be, I'm going to be caught in between mud and a window and you, you. It, That's what Kevin. I, 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 it did cross my mind that we might flip based on how quick we went off. But um, that was also one of the cooler moments. That's one of the biggest tractors I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I didn't think we were ever going to get that truck out. Well, and I said this when we got back to the camp, and I'll say it again. That was a tractor job. We needed a tractor from the get-go. I'll never forget Tree saying, come on, Kane. I still don't see how Kane made it in I don't know, out of there. I don't know how he got out. Because I would have bet on that turn and Yeah, I, I would have bet on it, too. Yeah. Um, Tree wants some money. I, I thought from the get-go that we should have gotten the tractor thank god for blaine yeah yeah that was uh the thing had 10 wheels it, it was Two big forces. it was a big tractor no, eight wheels and it took a, it was a that was a big job man you'll have that yeah i um <laughs> you know it's funny i always make fun of my buddy mills for always getting stuck everywhere but now i know that it's just you know you can get stuck without trying to get stuck yeah it sucks i was i was uh i don't know if i've still lived that down but yeah well, you were you were dropping some choice words. You were just so disappointed I was, in yourself. I was pretty upset in yourself. I was because you know it's like, hey, because I, I knew better than to go down that road. Because <laughs> that's the biggest problem. He, he had to go back and face his buddies too. Yeah, because everybody, because we, we're going to get back and everybody's going to make fun of you because it's like, oh, you take the new guys out or you know show them the way to land and you fucking get stuck. It's yeah, that's uh, smooth. Pretty smooth, uh, <laughs> smooth of me. You know, another one of my favorite stories from that that weekend was um, you guys would get up at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning to go hunt, and I don't, I don't do that, and I'm a, I fish, right? You know, but I'm still hard pressed to get up that early to go fishing, and you bet me a hundred dollars that I wouldn't get up and make a morning hunt. You did, I and I did. It. More than likely, I wouldn't have gotten up, but there was a hundred dollar bill on the line. And, that was a late night too, and it was yeah, a yeah. late night, and, and I was the first one up. I was making Dunkin' Donuts coffee in the in the Keurig, and uh, Andrew comes in and looks at me like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was very shocked. <laughs> I think he had a hundred in his pajama bottoms. <laughs> you always got to have one warm. <laughs> well, no, you know the, those Missouri boys they they don't ever play. You know that one hole washer. So that was uh, you know I was able to make up on some of those bets from Royce. He donated a lot of money to me that weekend. Playing. Donated. Yeah, he. Uh, I always tell them anytime they're feeling frisky, you know, let's get those one hole washers out, and they don't they don't like that one hole. They want the three hole. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, man. That's that's yeah. Tough. And that's always telling athletes play the one hole. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> that, see, and therein lies the problem. You're the only professional athlete. <laughs> yes. Okay. The rest of us are, uh, you know. There's a lot you were of gu- trained at pinpoint precision. There's a lot of guys in that world, though, that think they're, you know, former athletes. You know, like Eric, he thinks he's a former high school basketball star because he pulled a plate against Tyler Hansborough. But, you know, I beat Eric in his own barn at horse, you know. It's, <laughs> they, they, uh, Robert, you know, I've won some money from Bobby and Robert, too, playing horse. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the basketball in that part of the world is a big deal. And what I've found is that an athlete's an athlete. So you're going to be better at golf than most people. Yeah. You're going to be better at football than most people. It's just eye-hand coordination. It's you guys. Well, I also know that I'm not going to bet on something I'm probably not going to be good at, like tennis. I'm an athlete, but I'm not good at tennis. I swing too hard. But you would probably be, if you took you and a non-athlete, say, you know, like any of us. How about me? <laughs> you going to say me? I was, was going to say hey, Josh. And, and, and just two rackets and go, like you're probably going to win. And that's, and that's, if there's money on the line, it would definitely be a lot more serious. We have, you know, so we have a, a, a friend of ours. We interviewed him on this podcast. His name is Connor McDermott. He's a lineman for the Jets. He's 6'8", like 315. And uh, he's just a huge dude. Yeah, Has a- the most beautiful golf swing. Yeah, I mean, my golf swing's a, a little violent, but I think if I took some lessons, I could tone it down. But yeah, we went down to the Super Bowl down in Miami. I won, I won like nine skins and won some money down there playing golf. So see, Damn. I hadn't played in a while, but I, that that was the best I've played in a long, long time. My little brother Adam, he's man, he's a scratch golfer. He's good. Wow, he pisses me off every time I play with him. It's down the middle every time. <laughs> so so when when you're out playing around, what's your sport that you like to that, that you like to just mess around with? Man, I honestly like. Outside of baseball, all I do is think about killing ducks. Okay. And gambling. 
I like to gamble, yeah. Probably the, the biggest thing I miss about baseball is gambling on the back of the plane. Okay, so I don't think we really dove into that. You say miss baseball. Are you are you done? No, I wouldn't say that I'm done. I just don't know what I'm doing right now. But you are I don't enjoying have, the time off. Yeah, I'm enjoying the time off and doing some things I haven't done in a while. Um, you know, I went spring goose hunting last week. That was pretty fun. I would more say that I'll take a year off. Mm-hmm. And probably come back next year. Uh, there's just not enough in the offers to get me to go, I guess. My last contract was kind of the way I structured it. was kind of life after baseball and took some deferred money. So, you know, it's nice to have some money coming in and not playing and whatnot. I'll probably say I'll for sure play next year. There's a chance I might sign in July, but as of right now, I'm just kind of taking some time doing some things I want to do. And speaking of that, you've got a lot going on right now. Obviously, having a child. That's, yeah, the that's, child is a game changer. That's a that's a big thing. But let's talk, you know, talk about Banded. Yeah, Banded, man. We're, we're doing some big things coming up. I mean, we're talking decoys, blinds, apparel. It's everything. It's well, everything. And, and the thing is, it's, it's top of the line stuff. Whenever we went up there to go hunting, we didn't have anything. Well, I mean, because we're on a tour bus. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't have any hunting gear. Obviously, I'm not carrying a shotgun with me. You said, Hey guys, what do you need? What are your sizes? And, and we needed everything. We like, and you basically outfitted us with, is it the banded red zone? The red, the red zone, the red zone, uh, waiters. Yeah. Which will fit a six pack in the bib. And you can put a whole six pack of beer <laughs> in the bib. I know. I, I would assume that is intentional. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you guys carry in there, but I had a six pack. I was, I, was proud, I was proud of myself as well. I was like, you guys realize you put a whole six pack right here. Yeah, if you don't have to, I, I usually try to keep that a little dry, but you know, we, <laughs> we have a backpack that you can carry some beers in, the, 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 the dry bag. No, but we got some, uh, you know, this year we got some really cool gears coming out. We, um, we have a new line taking over the black labels that are coming out this summer. Advantage Max 5 is being discontinued. So there's a new camo coming out by Realtree this year. Um, Advantage Max 7. I'm sure we got some jackets and whatnot stuff that'll be coming out new, but, um, you know, we also have the sister company. Avery, which is a, that's our big decoy seller. You know, I got involved in that deal about six years ago, and it, it's been definitely an experience as far as learning about hunting and gear, stuff breaking, tearing. You know, a lot of calls from people whenever something goes wrong that I don't really want to deal with. That's just part of it. It's been neat just getting involved into the hunting world and, and really learning about camos and what products sell. And a lot of times, the products that I love don't really sell that well. I had no idea how big. And not just hunting, duck hunting. You've always heard that, you know, you have Ducks Unlimited and, and all that kind of stuff. I had no idea how big that sport is. And it's just, you have your diehard deer hunters. Yeah. You have your diehard, you know, pheasant, whatever, whatever. Duck hunters are a different breed. <laughs> I, I, I would consider it as just, a, you know, it's always like, you know, if you go fishing, right? You always have that buddy that you're like, hey, man, we're going today. Well, when I say I'm going, we're going. I don't care if it's sleeting, snowing, storming. As long as there's no lightning, we're going. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's always like, you know, the favorite thing is, oh, man, it's too windy to go fish. Well, I'm going. The wind's your friend. Yeah, but it's that's, like, I mean, like you, you go to the bank that the wind is blowing toward because plankton, zooplankton is getting blown up on the bank. Small fish go. Big fish go. Yeah. Use your wind, man. But it's it's one of those things that it's it always takes uh, I believe like idiots to duck hunt because it's always cold it's always wet and you're always wet yeah it's one of those things that a lot of people don't like to get that nasty and I mean you saw that day that w- the best day that we had I mean I stepped out of the blind to get those like four birds and my whole beard froze up you there's a great there's and I don't know where the footage is but uh, there was I a think it's there was a video there was a saying. videographer yeah uh, that was uh, Daybreak Outdoors okay yeah. yeah that was that was in there filming when we had that that just monstrous hunt that day and there's really cool footage of you just in the weather is just Nasty. absolutely just shitting <laughs> on us man of you like running through the picking up decoys and shit or getting the, getting the ducks, you know? ducks yeah. yeah getting those ducks you know it is just it looks it like nasty. a winter apocalypse but the footage was kick ass it was definitely the craziest day of hunting i've had as far as weather goes i mean it was i don't think you could see 300 yards to that south levee it was just i always i was trying to explain that hunt to somebody not too long ago and i was like man it was almost like somebody was letting 200 birds go at a time and they were just letting them go and it was just like just drove after drove after drove was just coming over that south levee and it was uh it's just like one of those things you couldn't see them so you could never tell if they were coming or not what was it that he pulling them out of the oh sky? yeah he pulled, he t- pulled them out of the sky on the chain pulling them on a rope <laughs> oh a rope sorry ripping their throats out <laughs> and he was Eric. he was yeah he was yelling at the top of it he was so excited but your reenactment of that that evening was yeah priceless 
Eric, man, he's a hoot. I've been around him for a while, and there's nobody that gets more jacked up about killing ducks than than Eric. Yeah. Who gave you the nickname? Him? I don't know. But see, we were talking again with Fixing to Bobby the other day, because I had to learn. (laughs) I had to learn when we were down in that blind, you know, I mean, like one of the best, like a lifetime hunt, and it's only my second time to go out. I know. And... I didn't realize, and I remember that that feeling of it wasn't time for everybody to shoot, but I shot one, <laughs> and it was and it was too far for a dog to even go get, and everybody just turning and looking at me, and me feeling like, oh man, I really messed up there. <laughs> no, we never we never get mad at the new guys that come. We always always you know you always get mad at the guys that shoot too early. But man, I I will be honest, you rained some some tall ones down that day with that twenty gauge, and it was that was impressive. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. You don't see that too often. And I didn't know that. See, because I've been I've always hunted with a twenty gauge because I'm a small guy. I mean, growing up dove hunting with my dad, I always used always used a twenty. You had uh, let me borrow one of your Benelli's yeah. that day, and uh, I fell in love with it. And yeah, that M2's bad. The, it, it is. It, it is bad. That's the uh, Rob Roberts edition out of Arkansas. It's the one to get. Actually, the band and crew got me one oh, nice. for Christmas yeah. this year, and then I got myself. That was my idea. <laughs> no, you wanted the over under. Well, I did want the over under, no, but he needs an automatic <laughs> okay, Benelli because I, I messaged him and Bobby, and I was like, "What would y'all do?" The gun was my idea, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but then but then I bought another one myself, and it, so I have I have two <laughs> I have two Benellis right right behind you right now. He's, uh, man, I absolutely fell in love. with I don't right know now. if that helps me. That's not close enough to the snakes, you know. So, well, it, there's it, one right there. Oh. It's already out. Oh, no, those are. Those are those are rifles. Those are going to the gunsmith tomorrow. Those are all need to be worked on. Speaking of hunting, you had an accident. Hunting a hunting accident. Yeah, that was that was actually I... with fixing two Bobby. That was um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bad things. Why do we, why do a lot of things involve yeah. fixing two? Fixing two. Fixing two. Seven Eleven. Yeah, he's open Seven Eleven. Man, he never shuts up. Man, <laughs> or he's like a Seven Eleven. He's open twenty four seven. Man, two thousand fourteen. We were hunting uh, on a TV show called uh, On the Road. I, you know, kind of didn't really know what we got into on that deal. Bobby set, fixing two. Bobby set it up, and uh, we get down there, and there's just giants running around this place. And I'm like, dude, what can we shoot? You know, we don't really know. I don't really have a whole game plan together. And I got a couple videos of this big buck that I passed, and the guy was like, shoot it. So I was like, all right, man, next buck comes out, I'm going to smoke it. I shoot this buck. He scored, I think, 189. Big deer, real nice. Shot off Cary Lake Ranch in Jacksonville. Well, I go to Cape It. Another one of my buddies had shot and wounded a buck, and so the guys that cleaned the buck were out looking for it. And uh, so, you know, I worked at a taxidermy shop growing up, and so I was like, you know, I just cape it out. So I had the whole deer caped, and... I didn't even have a knife in my hand, man. This whole thing makes me mad every time I think about it. My bad. <laughs> no, it just makes me mad that it happened because it almost cost me my career. I mean, my slider, I still say, has never been the same. But, you know, I had it all caped out, and this guy come up next to me, and uh he comes with this little scalpel knife, this new knife that he had, and he come up, and he started going, and right as I was about to say, man, stop, he went through the deer skin, and it went into my thumb, and it was like a volt of electricity that hit me. And then I don't remember anything. I just remember I passed out. Well, Josh Tomlin was there, plays with the Braves now, and someone else. I think it was Bobby's mom. They caught me and then i just remember waking up and i was like shit so then uh you know i went to the emergency room and i passed all the tests and you know the next day it didn't really hit me you know i thought i was good but i knew something happened because of, you know that that jolt of electricity man it hurt the next day i went to grab the buck and the, you know the, the horns and the cape out of the freezer and when i grabbed it my, my tendon snapped i guess he cut about 80 percent is what they said and when it snapped man it took me to my knees and man mm. did it hurt and uh that's probably some of the most pain I've been in as far as, you know, the tendon snaps and, you know, you physically can't move your thumb. It was, yeah, it was a shitty day. Then I had to drive home and then I called the Padres and. Hey, Padres. <laughs> yeah. Um, had an accident. Yeah. They, it was actually the, like the worst time they were at the, the GM meetings and I called our head trainer and he's like, Hey, man, you know, I'm here with the manager and their GM. What's up? And I was like, Oh, <laughs> shit. How <laughs> about put it on speakerphone real quick and uh, let's just tell everybody once. So that's, you know, they did put it on speakerphone. I told them. And <laughs> oh, damn. So I, I flew the very next day to, to San Diego, had surgery right then and there on the spot and kind of the rest is history. You know, they told me I wouldn't pitch until June and man, I started throwing at three weeks with my cast on. I ended up pitching like 15 innings that spring. So it was, that was pretty cool. 
Damn. You had to come that far with that rehab and that, you know, I spent 15 weeks with my thumb and my palm. So I was in a cast like this for 15 weeks. So that, uh, that was not very much fun. Going back to the, the pitching thing, it seems to me that most of the people, most of the ball players that we know are pitchers. I think that that's because, um, you know, it, it's usually pitchers that we know that reach out to us, yep. you know, about our music because you guys are highly intelligent and, uh, <laughs> they know the good stuff. You, you, I would say a lot of pitchers are very like minded and highly intelligent because you guys like our music. That is <laughs> a lot of strategy that goes behind it. Well, there, there is. And, and actually, that, I, I was joking there. I mean, seriously, I but. wouldn't say that I'm highly intelligent <laughs> by any means, but I'd definitely say that I'm pretty witty and, um, you know, I can, you know, work my way out of something if I need to. But here's, here's the deal. I wanted to, actually, I wanted to get into the psychology of it. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's. Because whenever, whenever you guys are up there and uh, you're known for your four seam, right? Yeah. 100, 101. That's. Used to, but yeah, you, that was yeah. fun. Those were the good old days. You were one of the hardest throwers in the majors. You had a, a like a 97 average, didn't no, 99.4. you? 99.4. When I was in 2012, I think it was 99. That was your, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So how much of it, when you're on the mound, how much of it is I'm going to outwit this guy versus I'm just going to blow it by his fucking face? Well, back then, I don't really think I knew how to pitch. I always say that getting cut was like a blessing and a curse because I had to learn how to pitch after that. My slider was never the same, so I had to find a new pitch. As far as like playing that game, whenever you try to blow it by somebody, you always get hit. It never works out. Because whether you tense up somewhere, your ball gets flat, and you just get whacked. That um, goes back to golf. If, yeah. you, if you're if you're trying too hard, you're not gonna. It's not yeah, gonna go I mean, well. I always for you. try. I always say, man, when you try harder, you suck. I don't yeah. care what you know. Whether you try harder to make a friend, whether you try harder, whatever you try harder at, you're usually gonna suck because you, you're not your normal self. So I always try to. Uh, you know, I always say real like whippy, if that makes sense, like whippy, like elasticity, anything where you can get length and just kind of like just whip your arm. That's what that's really kind of like what you're looking for. For me, it's just like extension. I was always trying to find extension because that's where my velo would come from. But, uh, you know, Darren Balsley, my pitching coach in San Diego, he taught me so much about pitching and uh you know, just the cat mouse game as far as like, you know, trying to set hitters up, what they're looking for. I'll never forget. I had like one of my best games of my career against the Tigers. I threw a one hit shutout against them. And Victor Martinez, like one of the hardest guys to ever get out. He came up to me the next day and he was like, man, what were you trying to do to me? And I was like, man, I'm not going to tell you. I got to maybe face you again. And he's like, no pitchers ever pitched me like that. And I was like, yeah, man, I was like, I'm not telling you what I was trying to do, but I mean, and from, I never, I don't think I got him out after that day. I mean, I think he got me a couple of times after that. And that period of time, I think that was in 13 or 14. I think it was in 14, but I just had such a good feel about what I wanted to do. I, I didn't care who it was. Cause that was a complete game, one hit. 27 minimum. Yeah, 20. No, that one, the 27 minimum, that was was against against uh, the Oh, okay, I'm sorry. But it was, uh, that game was just something special. It was, you know, my two seam was really running back. Just as far as like what, what Darren really taught me was like moving guys' eyes and moving their feet. And when you do that, it's like where you set them up for the next pitch. And it doesn't have to be perfect because if you threw them away, you got their eyes looking away and you run one up. It doesn't have to be so high. You know, once you get it above the catcher's mask, it's kind of, I always call it a non-competitive pitch because the guy sold out of your hand way up here. So he didn't even have to even offer at it. But you know, you, there's just a lot, lot more room for error whenever you are playing that cat mouse game, if that makes sense. It's chess. I don't know how to play chess, but it is I don't, definitely I don't chess. Either. I don't either, but it's, it's more of a checkers guy. I'm, I'm a checkers guy too, but I know there's a difference between checkers and chess. And what you guys are doing out there is chess. And that's how, that's really how I got my wife into baseball years ago. I love baseball. I'm not good at it. I wasn't good at it as a kid. I was better at football. Yeah. And that's what I concentrated on. And if I'd have been bigger, it'd have been a whole lot more fun. But right. you know, I did what I did with what I got, you know? <laughs> I love sports, but I love uh, I love baseball, and I could never get her to watch baseball with me. It's very boring if you don't know what's going on. And I told her, I said, I said, look, it's a long season, right? So you've got this guy; he's throwing the ball, right? He's the pitcher; he's throwing at this guy. They have to study each other. That hitter knows what the pitcher is going to throw or what he likes. They just to have throw. so much video; they can pretty much tell you the way you're going to pitch them. And so I said, look at it from the psychological aspect because that's what she's all about—the brain, you know. Right. And she's a, she's a teacher. Well, she's a teacher, teacher. Right. 
so she teaches people how to teach. And I said, look at, you know, I said, watch the catcher and watch his sign. Watch where he points to. I said, I don't know what he's calling, but you'll see the pitcher waving. Yes, yes or no. You know. <laughs> just hit the trash can, man. If only it was that easy. Never too no, soon. No, never no, too no, soon. Too soon. <laughs> hey, dude, Astro jokes all day. I'm a Rangers fan. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, it's like boxers. I said, the boxing, you know, it's like essentially is what they're doing, you know. And after she got that aspect of it, she was able to watch it, like, you know, watch the psychology part of it. It's 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 uh, it's so crazy because it's man that third time around through the order is really like where you've uh, I mean you just gotta gut through it but it's uh you know you're kind of running low on fuel and you've already shown them pretty much everything you know the two three four five hitters you know those that's when you got them coming around the third time around it's like the sixth or the seventh man it's gonna Shit. be a fight yeah. You know, you know, going out there when you don't have it anymore and you're just kind of, you know, you're kind of watching the bullpen, what we're seeing if they're getting going or not. But it's one of those things that you just try to, uh, almost trick them sometimes to where, you know, you can throw the ball high enough where they just miss it and they pop it up in the infield. A lot of times, you know, when guys pop up the ball to the catcher, they just miss that pitch. A lot of people are like, Oh, that's an easy out. Well, yeah, it's only an easy out because he just missed it by maybe like a quarter of an inch. But if he gets that ball, it's a home run every time. Yeah. But it's just because they clip the bottom half of the ball. So the whole idea is the clip pretty much, you don't ever really want to square up the ball. You want to clip like the bottom half of the ball to hit homers. Yeah. And so when they hit the bottom half, they just hit the bottom half too much and it pops it straight up. That's why we're not doing that home run derby bet challenge they challenge us to. What? No. Last time I swung a bat, I had to go to a chiropractor. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah I'm not joking. Uh, we, were, we were in. Your hurt. Your back will hurt. We were in, uh, where were we at? Springfield. Springfield, Springfield. yeah. Matt Carpenter was yeah. on rehab assignment. Yeah, he played with me at TCU. Yeah. That's right. We'll talk about that. He made me, made me take batting practice. And like, I, I literally had to, I'm 39 and I'm not in great shape. And I had to go to a chiropractor. If you don't swing a bat, man, it'll, it'll jack get you. me up. Yeah. Especially because once you get in there, you get a little adrenaline when the people mm-hmm. are watching. You get well, a yeah, because there's adrenaline. all these ball players around the cage, yeah. like looking like, what's this jackass in the cowboy boots and blue jeans going to do? Yeah. You My know. favorite one is to watch basketball players hit. They usually don't get any out of the cage. Really? Yeah. Really? Just because that's not something they've ever played and they're so big and it's just, it's an eye hand coordination sport and they don't really. Because I guess I guess every baseball team they have the hockey they have the hockey guys. Hockey out, guys are usually whoever. pretty good, yeah. Football guys are usually pretty good. I would say a lot of football guys are usually two way guys, so it's always you know they're usually pretty good. Yeah. Let's talk about your career as a catcher. Uh, <laughs> it didn't last very long. Well, <laughs> I caught in high school, and then um, my coach at the time, you know, he said, you know, you got a good arm. Why don't you move to the mound? And at the time, I was really struggling hitting sliders. I always say that's always what made me a pitcher was I couldn't hit a slider. I still can't. The pitch I really struggle with is a curveball. I just I see it every time, man, and I want to swing, I want to swing, and I just lock up. I just can't pull the trigger. I was really I was talking about the most important game you caught August seventeenth of last year. Yeah, <laughs> August seventeenth. <clears throat> yeah, this is oh. awful. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a hey, little bit. Hey, by the way, thank you for uh, yeah, no, that was, us set that up. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Let me just ask you this. Did you have a hard time seeing that heater I, <laughs> I threw? It I, I thought I could have maybe caught it barehanded. <laughs> <laughs> no glove? But I really, uh, honestly, man, no batting glove? I don't ever root against people because I always like to see people do well. But if there was a day that I was rooting against somebody. It was me. I was rooting for you to short hop it. You wanted me to put that thing in the dirt. I did. Yeah, you did. All right, well, let, let's let's recap. I mean, yeah, what, what go, are we talking about? I really. <laughs> so I found out y'all were coming. I think Bobby Keith reached out to the Red Sox, and then they reached out to me as far as getting you to throw out the first pitch. You know, the worst first pitch I ever caught was Jay Cutler's. He threw it as hard as he could, like right <laughs> at my shins. <laughs> like, I mean, he had a pretty good arm. He threw it hard. But I wasn't ready for it, you know. You thought he was going to go out there and just... I thought he was just going to lob it. You yeah. Know, I've caught a lot of first pitches. Guys usually just go out there, lob it, throw it in. But he 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 hummed it, and it was like short hop right at my ankles, and it kind of handcuffed me. But I was really hoping that you would short hop me, and I was going to let it go, or you would throw over me. But I also told Bobby Keith, I thought about just setting my glove there, and if you threw it at my glove, I was just going to let it go by. Yeah, because you told me that same because I because that, that was the whole thing, was I had talked with you and, and a couple other the ball players, and they were like, dude, just don't put it in the dirt. Just don't put it in the dirt. So I'm sitting there. I'm freaking myself out. We're at Fenway. This is the day before my 39th uh-huh. birthday. I turned 39 on the 18th. It's a beautiful evening at Fenway. I know you're going to be there. You know, you're going to be catching, you know, the first pitch. It was really cool. My wife was there. You know, Bobby Keith was on the field. The other guys were up in the stands, stuff like that. And I'm like mentally just screwing myself here. I'm like, dude, you know how to throw a baseball. You've been throwing baseballs your whole life. 
It's different though when you get out there and there's no like, you know, there's a little bit of a backdrop, but it's not like being playing catch at like 60 feet. And here's another thing too. Y'all told me I had to pitch from the rubber. Yeah. They said none of this like scooting up bullshit. Yeah, no, uh, you got to throw it from the rubber. Like, you got to throw it from the rubber. You got to clear You're the man. Plant. You're almost 40. Yeah. <laughs> you can throw get, it from the get, rubber. Get my, gun, my Gundy going. <laughs> uh, so I remember, and I remember, I remember one of the, uh, the young ladies, um, the ball girl. Ball, I think. Yeah, ball girl comes over. Do you want to warm up? And I said, yes, please. And I didn't have a glove or anything. So we were just throwing the baseball back and forth. Like I got like five throws and, uh, went out there and I got tell you man it was it was really fun 39 miles an hour on your 39th birthday on my was 30, it 39 that's what 39, i got i got clocked what, at 39 the, the clock said and i was a little bit high but i was right down the middle but you told me you came to give me the ball and you go i thought about letting that because a little high i thought about letting it go over my head <laughs> i was like man i'm glad you didn't you know it's it's one of those things that's whenever everybody's watching it i always say if you ever get out of the mountain you, you try not to pay attention to all the people you just try to focus on what you got to do because when you get out there man there's all those people it kind of is like holy shit you know but when you're throwing out a first pitch, it, it can be nerve wracking because it's not something that you do. It'd be like you telling me to go play a guitar on stage. I, I would, I don't think I would ever do but that. But we have had you on stage before. Yeah, you came and got, yeah. And I mean, it's still like a little nerve wracking because it's, it's like, it's unknown. You know, it's like, what do I do? Am I in the way? Am I, you know, what if I drop this guitar? Yeah, but dropping the guitar is not really my concern. I mean, <laughs> probably couldn't get that one again, but you know, we probably could make it up, but it's more of just like, I don't, just don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. That's more of the thing, but I think if I would have let it go, you know, that would have been kind of embarrassing, but I also wanted it to be a memorable 39th birthday for Oh, no, you. it was great. It was great. And I have everything we got yeah, home. Yeah, I'll have to show you that. Yeah, I'll there. show you that. Well, he's seen it. We'll yeah, done. I've got the, the jersey you guys had. <laughs> We're making fun of me, dude. No, I'm not making, no, I'm not making, making fun of what? you. No, I have it. I have it framed. <laughs> it's sitting there. And uh, to my understanding, it was a big deal for me to get the number 13. Yeah, but the Red Sox, they said they don't do it. They said Was they that retired? No, uh, I, I bad luck. just bad luck or whatever. Really? They said we don't do it. And I said, uh, what number? He said, they asked what numbers he wanted. And I said, 13 or, uh, 26. 26. And they said, we're going to make one exception. I mean, give him the number 13. So, man, I, I really cool. can't thank you again. But it was so cool. Up, Cause yeah, we have the, the jersey, the cap that I wore. Uh, there's some pictures of you and I, the tickets. And then, um, up on the shelf, the top shelf is, uh, is the ball. Is the ball oh, that, yeah, that's cool. that you signed right there, uh, in that case. There's that's a picture of you throwing that heater too over there. That heater, man. Man, yeah. <laughs> I got that leg kick up, man. I look, dude, I tell you what, the pitch, it sucked, but I looked awesome. <laughs> I tell you, Fenway's cool, man. It, it's one of those places that, man, they are so diehard there. It is, uh, it's one of the coolest places I've gotten to play beside, you know, I really like Wrigley too, but it's just like a, you know, huge atmosphere of the day of the game, you know, people coming out and, filling the stands it's, it's pretty neat and i love like that, that town yeah it's uh you know the people show up for everything whether it's sports whether it's music whether you know pretty much you know they're just diehards about anything yeah and what you people know. might not know about that stadium is i mean you you've been to all of them probably um i've pitched in all of them oh wow yeah is the, the the player parking there is i mean it's out in the yeah. open it's not it's out in the open it, it, it's always i always get real nervous i don't really like that the interaction is is a little nerve-wracking for me but you just never know what people's agendas are you know the normal mm-hmm. fan it doesn't bother me but you know some people you just don't know what their agendas are but yeah the parking is just out on the street and they you know they got the metal barricades up and it's different you gave me and my wife and my daughter a ride after a game one night and we we come out of the tunnel at the ranger stadium and he goes hey there's my barbecue pit and i'm talking like not a, <laughs> not a pit i'm talking like <laughs> trailer barbecue, barbecue trailer pit. yes there you go yeah i mean that thing is amazing those guys did a good job man those guys out of houston pit maker they uh they built that for me and uh I got the big rattlesnakes on the back. Those are about the only snakes I like that don't tread on me snakes. Yeah, but those snakes don't move. Yeah, they don't move. <laughs> uh, but no, those guys at Pitmaker, man, they did an unreal job. Man, so I was I was looking and uh, kind of going back to Conroe. First of all, your parents built a, a full-size baseball diamond yeah, for you guys because you have two other brothers? I have one other brother. One, okay. Yeah, and he played ball. You know, it's it's pretty cool. There's still probably about three or four teams that play on that field. That's awesome. So it's pretty cool, you know, anytime I'm home that those kids can see me and say, man, he played on this field and he, he made it all the way. So it's pretty neat to kind of go back and see those kids playing and uh, let them know that, you know, if you dream big, you know, as long as you have the drive and you have the will, nobody can tell you what you can't do. Yeah. Amen. Your dad is a mortician. Yeah. Your whole life. It's, yeah, a, whole family, life. Still, it's a family business, yeah, correct? to this day, yeah. What was that like going to dad's <laughs> office and... 
I'll tell you what, one of my favorite things was we used to play hide go seat in the casket room. Oh my god! And so, that was one of your favorite things. Yeah. No, no, no! Get me out! And, and you're afraid of snakes? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just something. I mean, I think if I'd have been raised around snakes, you know, probably wouldn't. Oh, yeah, probably wouldn't bother you're me right, that much. You're right. But snakes has just never been. I've never been, and this is probably like. Well, I wasn't s- raised around dead people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't move though. They don't. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, you know I, I worked uh, for my dad off and on, just kind of here and there. Actually, uh, before I started working helping my dad at the funeral home, uh, kind of crazy how full circle me and Josh Ward. Uh, we used to work at that taxidermist and meat processing place, cutting meat. That's where I first met Josh. That was when I was kind of older in high school, and then I'd come back in the you know college uh, you know winter months, and you know I'd work for my dad whether it was you know working in the cemetery or blowing leaves or kind of whatever he needed help with I, i'd go up there and help but when i was a kid uh there was actually an apartment in the back of the funeral home so there was somebody that lived at the funeral home full time that was interesting um i don't think you'll see that too much yeah, anymore I, but yeah that uh guy named charles he lived in the back of the funeral home as long as i remember as i was a kid yeah my dad's dad started it and uh he got sick and my dad took it over and he's been running it ever since wow Hopefully he's going to retire this summer. This is like the third time he told me he's going to retire, so we'll see. Oh, speaking of which, I need you to sign the Dead and Breakfast. Dead, dead, my, yeah, it's, yeah. It's my guest Can you, book. It just says guest book. Uh, yeah, the dead, oh. the dead and Breakfast, where the dead will rise again. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, we'll have to get you to sign that. Also, I do have one, one other thing. Is there's a my favorite video of you on YouTube is probably you were showing your locker. Oh yeah, in San Diego, I slap my mama and I, or slap and, uh, your mama seasoning. That seasoning, and then one thing that he he said he did he wasn't even he didn't know if he was supposed to show it, but as much as he loves hunting, right behind all his clothes, his bow was in there. Yeah, <laughs> was it really? Yeah, I keep my bow everywhere. But you know, I was out there with Justin Hatcher, and man, we would shoot at least once a week. Yeah. Man, we shot a bunch when I was in San Diego. I don't think there's anybody that loves shooting bows more than Justin Hatcher. He loves to shoot bows. No, he talked to me about four days ago about going bow. bow yeah. Hunting. I think he just went down South Texas and shot some javelinas. But, yeah, that's uh, what he, he sent us a video. Cause I, yeah, yeah, he did. Cause I just bought a bow from Keith yep. and Hatch was like, we need to get you a bow. And I was like, I got one. I, I just, I just bought Keith's. And What'd you get? Uh, Matthews. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't Model? know. It's, it's, it's in there. Yeah, the snakes. I'm good. It's actually right by the snakes. No, I'm I'm pretty good with it, man. Get good enough, you can shoot a duck. I I shoot low and right, but if I mean if we're talking like that big, like I'm gonna hit right there. Yeah, you know that's all you ask for. Yeah, I need to get into it. I've never I've never gone hunting with a bow. I like to shoot them. I got this new thing kicking off that you'll actually like if you get into bow hunting. A new thing, a new investment I got going called a trophy year. It's hearing aids that, uh, they're like custom hearing aids that cancel decibels. So like when you go to shoot, like say you're shooting a shotgun, it'll cancel the noise. Okay. But, yeah. uh, when I've you're got deer some hunting. like that do that. Okay. So these are custom in ears. Okay. Whenever you're deer hunting, you'll be able to hear the deer coming from, I'd say you can hear them for probably, you know, like a, you know, 900 to a thousand yards out. All right. I, I need, I need just to have a pair of those. Just on a normal basis because I can't hear shit. You want to sponsor the show? Well, we, we can get you a pair. Like, no let's, problem. Like, like, let's go, man. Because, yeah, I can't hear you. Yeah, we're, we're going to be great. launching, I think, probably the end of May, maybe April. So let us know where, where to get fitted. So it actually amplifies the low ambient sound to hear. As soon as it goes. As soon as it goes to I don't a, know a the exact decibel, decibel level. Yeah. I don't know the exact decibel level. Probably about 85, 90, somewhere in there. I think I, it, I think 85 is uh, it sounds familiar, but as soon as it reaches that, it just tones then, then, it then out. It'll, then it'll cut off. I've never heard of An technology enhancer. to actually enhance. Yeah. Which is really, really interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It takes a, you know, when you're blowing a duck call, it takes a little bit getting used to. You know, I'd warn them a couple of times, you know, you'll, you'll pick up wind. I mean, you do, you'll pick up crazy stuff. I mean, you can hear people talking from a pretty good ways out. But I, what I thought the cool, what sold me on them was when I went quail hunting. And it was just like, you know, you, you can sit and carry on a conversation, talk to everybody. And then as soon as it shoots, it's quiet. I kind of ran across it, just kind of happened this year. And it's something I, I'm really excited about because. 
I think the thing that I wish I'd have done more of was wear hearing protection when I shoot. Just because, I mean, y'all know it in the music world. It, I think that's a great point to bring up. As soon as you, your hearing starts to go, you know, you start talking louder, you can't hear as good, and it's just, you know, it's kind of like Banded. It's a, you know, it's a higher end product, so it's going to kind of be a certain market. I'm really excited about it, and it's something that, you know, I'm passionate about, and it'll be, it'll be something cool to be a part of. When y'all start fitting, we'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, we'll, uh, you know, what's my, it called again? Trophy Ear. Trophy here yeah it's uh we're kind of getting going right now guy by the name chris warren he's kind of been designing this product for over 10 years you know we're getting ready to he he has a full-time job so he's kind of getting ready to kind of go full-blown quit his job and go to this and you know the partner of my land matt uh mills he's going to be involved in it too got you know it's three of us and you know we're all like-minded so it's going to be pretty cool you know kind of the way you get fitted is you know we'll send you you know this kit and you shoot the foam in your ear and then you send the molds back and then they make the custom molds for your ear yeah so that you don't they don't have to go to you. You can just send it to them. They're mold. Yeah, that's, so that's I awesome. just send you a kit, and you know, you do the you shoot. It's like a foam that you shoot awesome. in your ear. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, you get it back, and I think it takes like three weeks to get your custom ear made. Your, oh, that's not your bad buds at all. made. Well, and, you know, it's it's a lot like the in ear system that we use on stage. Yeah, you know, like a lot of people use floor monitors. We use well, our guitar player Chris uses an old school monitor, but the rest of us use in ears, and you know, it's custom molds to your ears. When they're unplugged, they're ear plugs. You can't hear anything. Yeah, you know, so all I can hear up there is a really low mix of what everybody else is doing on stage. Right. So, you know, it's kind of... It takes of, some getting used to. It, it, it does. It takes yeah. getting used to, but you're talking about saving your hearing. And as somebody who grew up shooting, which you did and yeah. I did as well, between shooting and music, my hearing is atrocious. And I'm really almost deaf on my right side completely. That's, that's always my, that's my right side too. Yeah. I think what really gets me is when I fly. Yeah. You get up and you get to that 10,000, you know, feet and it's like man my ears really bug me but i think it's you know just part of it's like not cool to wear earplugs you know when you're younger yeah yep. well and you don't think about it because you're young and you're you just you know, think you're and, invincible and now you know i tell my kids both and like my son plays drums and if i catch him without his earphones on you know i get on to him and like we were out shooting today we went out and there's big stump <laughs> we've been shooting shotguns at just blowing it away you know and I like uh, that you know my son's out there and, and you know it's like he knows put the cans on man you know it's you know through it's no only- fault of my dad's you know we grew up we didn't use cans yeah. or anything like that it was just we just shotguns yeah so for all you fans out there that yell stuff at cody during the show he can't hear i you. usually can't hear you <laughs> well and, and here and here and i can't hear also because the in-ears that we were just talking about they block out all the, all, all the noise, outside noise. Yeah. that's why he doesn't play the song you request till the end <laughs> That's that's exactly right. That well, is the that, reason. That that or we hadn't rehearsed it, and I can't fucking remember the words. I I did want to talk about about your foundation. Still going? Yeah. So we started that in uh, 2014 with my mom, Cashner Family Foundation. Yeah. So your, your mother had gone through a lot. Yeah, so she had uh, leukemia really bad, and, uh, you know, we almost lost her. She was able to, you know, kind of beat and fight it. They tried new drugs on her at the time that uh, that were able to, to heal her. And so at the time, we started the foundation. We call it Pitching for a Cause, uh, and it's just more so, you know, going to hospitals, going to visits, having kids out to the game. We go during uh, usually Christmas time and have a pizza party somewhere in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at some of the children's hospitals, just trying to, you know, brighten kids' days and that kind of stuff we've seen numerous pictures of you at hospitals all over the country really the biggest that it was was when we were in san diego Um, we did a bunch when we were here with texas i think that season we went to like 15 hospitals that season and then in baltimore we did some also it's always it's it's really tough when you kind of get with a new team and trying to get with the lay of the land but we still try to do as much as we can which is awesome i I looked that up and saw what you guys have done in lots of pictures and you know pitching for a cause but it's cashnerfoundation.org cashnerfoundation.org if you want to type that in, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll, it. it'll pull up. Anyway, I just wanted to make Yeah, we've done a camp that. in Texas quite a bit that we send money to called Camp for All. And it's, you know, kids either getting right out of the hospital or they've been in the hospital and they get to go out to this camp out in uh, the, the hill country and kind of go fish and kind of do whatever they want. But they have a lot of people out there. I believe it's all volunteer-based camp. And so people come out there and help these kids, uh, whether they want to shoot bows, fish, kind of ride around, that kind of stuff. Very cool. Yeah, super cool. 
I always say I'm going to get out there, but, uh, you know, now that I'm kind of taking some time away, you know, I might have a chance to get out there. Yeah. I'm most excited about going spring turkey hunting, though. I, I, <laughs> I hear that's a blast. Still man. thinking about them birds. You still yeah. thinking about the birds, man. Always. I just have so many things I want to do. And, uh, as far as hunting goes, and the other day I, I was telling my wife, you know, I was kind of have a busy schedule coming up as far as hunting. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> About that. About that. <laughs> she goes, do you want to hear my busy schedule coming up? And I was like, no. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. We go down and fish quite a bit down the, the coast, too, so looking forward to doing some saltwater fishing this summer. That's right. You're a saltwater guy. I never grew up saltwater fishing. I always grew up freshwater fishing. I was a bassaholic, and yeah. I kind of switched over to the saltwater, and it's... I'm hooked. So what's your what's your thing? What do you what do you fish for? I love flounder gigging. You know, going out at night and gigging flounder. That's probably my favorite thing. You know, you just kind of ride around and try to find fish and make a full night of it. Flounder is pretty good to eat. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's, and that's, that's pretty good. Eating. Is there beer drinking involved? Maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe. No, it's usually a pretty good time. One of my buddies drives a boat, and we just kind of ride around and sip some cold beer and look for fish. Yeah, you stay. You have to stay close to that, or you go far out. No, you stay inshore. It's, oh, that's I mean, cool. you should try to stay in like two foot of water. You don't ever try oh, to get out of two right. foot of water. Yeah, you fall in, you'll stand up. Cool. I don't like deep sea. So. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Key's a little worried about. Uh, like we did tuna fishing off of Key West a couple years fun. ago. No, no, Boy, it was it was foot. about a six foot swells. Oh, that's nothing. In a twenty five uh, foot boat, right? It, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty small. Everybody got sick. Oh yeah, I believe it. <laughs> That's that deep sea fishing's not really my gig. Yeah, see, same here. Yeah, it's kind of like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would, I would, I would not go out that deep again. I've been. Uh, I'll, I'll do that bay, bay saltwater. Yeah, fishing. the bay is the way to go. Probably the biggest swells I've been on was eight foot, and that was in San Diego. That was, you know, they just come in in rollers, you know. And it's, oh yeah, I mean, gotta, it just doesn't. Got to have really good sea legs. I never really understood what sea legs were until I got out there. That's in those swells, and it's mm-hmm. like, man, you better, better watch those swells and pay attention to where the hooks are. And yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> I'd rather y'all take a video and I'll watch the video. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was supposed to go with him that day. We were down in Key West and, and, uh, we had done a festival and my wife had flown in and she doesn't do waves, you know, so any further than the bay, she's not going. And, uh, I was going to go out with him, but, you know, I'd be glad you stayed, man. I am so glad we didn't go because she would have gotten sick. I would have gotten sick. Then she would have gotten mad at me. So. <laughs> Yeah. It would have been two sick people and one of them being mad at the other one. It just, yeah, it's just. There's, I'll tell you, there's one thing I do know. There's nothing than being worse than being seasick about three or four hours out, knowing you got to ride that three or four hours <laughs> back in being sick. It's an awful feeling. Thankfully, we, our dude was like, y'all want to leave? Like, yeah. Let's go. I had an asthma attack, so we could leave early. <laughs> are you are you really now just saying it was no, a no, no. bullshit I really, asthma I really attack? Didn't have one. That's why they were like, "Hey, let's go." Oh, I was about to say you did the finger quotations around the asthma. I didn't fake it. I promise. No, that All was right. that was scary, man. No, but it was. Did y'all catch any fish? Yeah, he caught. He caught. Uh, I'm one. the only one of the group that caught. I, and then our buddy, caught, he went to catch one. They were about to bend down and pick it up, and a shark came and ate it. Oh, well, half. back half. Back yeah. half. We still kept They still the kept the front. Wow. But what the hell are you going to keep a half a dish for? They ate it. You know how long it took to get that son of a bitch in there? <laughs> well, I'm the, keep the shark would stay in the wake, so we had to move another couple of miles further, which even made it worse. Two more miles farther than we had yeah. to go back. I caught I caught my first one before I chummed the waters, though. I was I was able to catch my first one before <laughs> he, I chummed the waters. He comes up to the front, and uh, me, our tour manager, Logan, and uh, Hot Rod, our steel players, are all sitting in the front throwing up. He comes up. He's been fishing in the back. He comes up, throws up, and he looks at us. He goes, sorry, boys. And he goes back to the back fishing. Well, he went, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, somebody's got to go do this. Oh, man, that's you funny. Know, still sweating, you know, yeah. got, got a little bit of that sweet water still going on. Oh. You know, I'm, and it was, I'm it was going. so horrible. Every time we get sick, that wave just hits you in the face. Yeah, that's right the worst. It was horrible. Shut up. <laughs> just, oh my, all right, don't listen to him anymore. Saying. It was terrible. This is the worst day, man. Yeah, so I stay inshore mostly. I've taken one band fishing. I was, uh, I took Randy Rogers, his old band. He didn't come, but his, all his guys, I took them out. It was a good time. We, we caught a bunch of redfish and I can't remember if we caught any trout that day, but, uh. They say that redfish is pretty fun. Brady Black. He, uh, he had a good time. I threw up that night too. <laughs> but it wasn't because Probably of the sea. No, I told me. Randy I didn't want to drink Jaeger and he made me drink Jaeger. Oh, that doesn't oh, surprise yeah. me at all. 
Nasty. If you want to drink and gamble, hang out with Randy or yeah. his crew. Or his crew. I do forget the. I forgot to say back to the uh, the first pitch. I did win some money that next night. I do believe rolling some dice and Might shut the, the night box. before, right? Uh, I can't remember. I think the next night was a Sunday. We have gambled a, a lot together. Yeah. yeah. You taught me shut the box. Shut man. the box. I, I never played it before. Yeah, you, you had two custom ones made. Yeah, right? I'm a big fan. I yeah, like shut it. the box is great, and, and, it's, and it's wonderful to teach your kids. Yeah, because math. it's a great math game. Mm-hmm. Take their money. Take He's, their lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> well, now my son's big enough. Now he goes on the bus with us sometimes, man, and, and he'll gamble with us. I like it. it He's he he's seven, you know, and he's like he's playing shut the box, rolling high dice and AC Ducey. Yeah. You know, he's he's like, Dad, you want to gamble? I'm like, Hey, look, that's cool. When we're on the, when we're on the road, you know, and it's just the guys, yeah, you know, not in front of mom. I was like, But you know, you come home and you're like, Mom, you know, he came home, he had won like 150 dollars. He did all Josh's money. Uh, there was oh. a good point. Like, my my, my seven year old comes home like for four days on the road with with me and the band. Yeah. You know? My wife's like, he's like, hey, Larson, you know, how was it? It's good. I, you know, I love you. How are you? It's good to see you. Like, I want $150. She's Can't like, how? It. He goes, gambling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Shh, Larson, dude, it's not the first thing you say. You work that in, okay? Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> What's that, the biggest part you've seen Josh? on coin? Oh, oh, dude, I'm... Josh won't gamble on the bus uh, anymore. I'm, I'm no. pretty much done now. He pretty much got cured of that. What'd you, what'd you say? I was about to say, what's the biggest pot you've seen on a plane? The biggest single, you, hand, you, you, single whether game Whether pot, you were in it, in on it or not. I would say probably about eighteen, twenty thousand. Oh, jeez, man. At what game? AC Deuce. AC Deuce. Well, the worst AC, game. Well, yes, yeah. it is the worst game. My favorite game, but it's the worst <laughs> it, game. I've, I've never seen it. If you want a game that can take $1 bills and turn it into an, a $1,000 pot in a matter of about 15 minutes, Play that game. Play that, that game. One. Yeah, yep. it's insane. Quick. It is. Yeah. Um, my biggest rail on that game is probably eighty eight hundred. That was two years ago. My biggest pot win I think was twenty four thousand. Golly! <laughs> and that was in Miami. That was pretty cool. Jeez. Oh, I uh, can't even. Wow. But that game is ruthless. Oh, absolutely, it is. It's, it's bad. <laughs> I love absolutely it though, it man. I do too. Anytime I see anybody playing ACDC, I'm in. And it's, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people get their feelings hurt in that game. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) I I lost $800 in about 30 minutes one night to uh, one of our bus drivers and told me to get the fuck out of my room. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it'll, it'll test people for sure. Yeah. Had a good buddy that, that, uh, played with me in Baltimore, uh, Danny Valencia. And, uh, he always used to say he didn't like to gamble unless somebody was going to cry. And it's like, that's <laughs> that, that's that game. You know, every time that game would get out, he always say, you know, he wants to, he wants to see somebody cry. <laughs> that won't do it. That game it, won't make do you do it. it. No, yeah. That game will make you cry. We'd always have like 10 or 15 minutes, you know, coming down, you know, we're about to land and everybody's like, AC Deucey. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, and it's like the game would end up usually going to somebody's room. And then by the time it gets to somebody's room, that's when people really get upset because yeah, that means it's going on too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. If I had one game to choose and one game to one last game to play, like I wish casinos offered that game. Oh, I that, too. that would be a fun one. See, here's the thing. I'd rather, you know, gamble with y'all guys and lose my money to one of those casinos. Like, oh, yeah. I think if you're losing no. your friends, it's. Well, at least I like it's... the casinos, though. Oh, I, I think, too, I think I'd I'm rather saying. lose it to the casino. <laughs> so I don't mind winning it, but there's, there's for my friends, but I'd rather <laughs> lose it to the casino. But if you, if you, you know, it's great to take a casino's money. For but sure. then if your friend takes your money, you want to, you want to be able to gamble your friend back. Yep. You, you want to get it back. You know, at least you have that chance gambling with your buddies as opposed to gambling. Casino, the casino. they're just going to take it. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do is when I win money off somebody, especially good size money, I always like to buy something and send them a picture of it and tell them thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start doing that. Whether it's lunch, whether it's, you know, Whatever it is, like thanks whether it's a cool toy, great. it's like, hey man, thanks, you bought this, appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for this battle helmet I bought at the Love's truck stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, Love's, I've stopped at many of those, those places are nasty. <laughs> we have to stop at those, Pilot, oh, or... We live at them, man. Uh, Love's and Pilot's, dude, we're at them all the time. Catch a shower in them. Yeah, dude, there's... Done it before. Truck stops. Yep. That's what we were, I was talking the other day, you know, people up in Missouri, they don't know about Bucky's, you know, and I was telling them, you know, trying to describe Bucky's to somebody, it's like... If it ain't there, you don't need it. You can't describe it, you know? <sighs> it's the most wonderful place ever. It is, but it's like, think about if they had Bucky's for 18-wheelers, you know, and they were like, yeah, loves, and I'm like, oh, no, dude. No, 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 no. no, no. Bucky's is Bucky's. clean. Yeah. And some of the best food. It's fresh, everything. Bucky's right. is great. Yeah. They have... Everything you need and everything that you want also. 
They have swords. I, you can get a sword. Yeah. I think you could spend. You can get. You, you can get, get, at least spend forty five minutes in there. I've can. never been in Buggies and not spend less than thirty minutes. Well, yeah. If you wanted to, if you had like, if your shopping list consisted of caramel popcorn um, <laughs> and a, a Traeger grill or uh, and, and a and a nice wooden basket. end table, a nice <laughs> end table and a sword. Yeah. Go to Buggies. Yeah. Bandanas. Yeah. They got the dude. Remember that truck stop in Iowa with the stupid truck stop T-shirt? Remember? Yeah, the world's <laughs> largest truck stop. Yeah, I can't imagine going to all the truck stops. That's what y'all do, dude. Write a book about truck stops, dude. A <laughs> lot of the shit in here came from truck stops. Yes. Um, yeah, like that night helmet up there. That, that night helmet. Yeah, that's. Up there. I thought that was a gladiator helmet. <laughs> the uh, the skull oh, with yeah. the other little skulls on it. Truck stop special. Where's that the rattlesnake cane? Uh, the rattlesnake cane <laughs> is sitting behind Cameron over there. That didn't come from Sweetwater. Water. Yeah, uh, they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about that cane. It was about seven o'clock in the morning. We were coming back from El Paso. Coming back from El Paso, we were driving through Sweetwater, and I had been there. It is. Oh, I had that's been badass. I had been asleep for about uh, two hours. I'd stayed up all night uh, drinking beer. Gosh, we were in Dirty Dolly. Yeah, yep, it was Dirty Dolly. Yeah, we were in Dirty Dolly. Yeah, our, old, our old beat up Winnebago, you know. And uh, we stop, and I wake up. I feel I stop. I'm still drunk. I've been asleep two hours. Go into the store. I'm gonna see what they got. Walk past this. This. Uh, it's a big glass case, and it has all kinds of cool shit in it, man. All kinds of cool stuff. I was still smoking at the time, so I went in and bought a pack of cigarettes. And I said, "By the way, ma'am, I'd like to look at that rattlesnake cane you have over there in that glass case." And she looked at me like, "It's seven o'clock in the morning, and you're an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> And so we walk over there. She opens the case up, gets it out, shows it to me. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, it is. This is I've never seen a cane like that. Yeah, this is absolutely awesome. So I said, I would like to purchase this item, please. <laughs> and so we went back and rang up that pack of cigarettes and uh, that rattlesnake cane. And my total was $210. And I was like, no, hold on. How much were those cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I and I looked it. at the cane, and the cane, I thought it had said eighty nine ninety nine. It had said one eighty nine ninety nine. But then I was already emotionally invested. So two hundred ten dollars. I'd pay two hundred dollars for that cane. Yeah, two hundred. You, you want? You want? That's for sale. That's for sale. <laughs> I'm sure, we can negotiate something. I just noticed that those uh, the shelving that kind of reminds me of the old box casket. Yeah, those are caskets. My shelves are, are made of those are caskets. Yeah. It's, isn't that weird? That's, that's, you should know. Yeah. You want to play hide and go seek? <laughs> they don't have a lid. <laughs> I think he can only fit in one of one of the three, so it'd be pretty easy to. I don't know. Those are over by the tarantula and the scorpion. Yeah, I think that, I'm that's, good. that's that's the tarantula and the scorpions. Uh, their domain over there. Oh man, that's fine. Cool. You boys got anything? I mean, we could keep going. We could keep bullshit. I, mean, I think we. I think we could. We got. We got a yeah, bunch of good stuff, man. We, we got yeah. some. We got some great stuff. I hope you have fun on your vacation. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Where We're are you headed? Skiing, yeah. Where are you headed? Going to Vail, Colorado. Ooh. Yeah, nice. I haven't skied since I was probably fifteen. You just gonna go back into? Or are you gonna hop in lesson? Well, no, nah, I've never been one on lessons. I'm more like learn on the just fly. Do it. Just yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna try to do all that. I just mm-hmm. like stay down the slope and but, uh, greens. Stay on the green and then hit yeah. the blue. Yeah, I'll probably you know test it out. A you bit. can get to the blue by the second day. I hope uh, to get. I hope to get to day. blacks by the second day. Oh yeah. no! Hey, you'll hit the greens. No, you'll be. Like, I still got it. And then you'll go to a blue. You'll be good. I yeah. did the same thing. I'm not buddy. too worried. I'm an athlete. But, but, <laughs> yeah. See, he's better than all of us. This is true. But you do want to play another year. So let, let's wait till let's let's wait till after that to to hit those blacks. Yeah, but you know the way I look at it is if I can't play another year, man, then I just it's just more hunting. Oh, right. There, there he is. is. <laughs> see, there we go. That just means duck season comes a little. Sooner, sooner. <laughs> well, hey, come uh, come Thursday. I'm gonna text you and see if you hit that diamond yet. I think I'm gonna ski Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So All right, I'll text you All right. uh, Saturday. Don't break anything. Yeah. All right. Be Try not to break a leg. Right? All right. Well, hey, Andrew, thank you, man. Thanks yeah. for thanks for hanging out with us. This has been a lot of fun, man. Um, Banded.com. Also find it on Facebook, Instagram, Cashner Family Foundation. All the best to you, dude. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks absolutely. All right. Tell the snakes thanks for having me too. Absolutely. <laughs> See, they all stayed. Look, they stayed behave, nice. They behave themselves. All right, Bobby Keith, Josh Thompson, I'm Cody Jinks. We've been a couple in. Thank you again to Andrew Cash, and we'll see y'all later.